Proverbs 12, and we're going to read in verse 26. It says, y'all hear? The righteous should choose his friends carefully. For the way of the wicked leads them astray. I'm going to read the next verse just just for Charlesi. The lazy man does not roast what he took in honey. That's a, that's a word for you. So let's go to back to verse 26. The righteous should choose his friends carefully. For the way of the wicked leads them astray. Can I get amen? Let's go to Proverbs 18. Proverbs 18. Y'all here? Y'all good? All righty. Can somebody give me a tissue real quick? I got a cough drop that I need to put in a tissue. Thank you, Shooky. Your blessing. Proverbs 18 and verse 24. It says, A man who has friends must himself be friendly. Hello. A man who has friends must himself be friendly. Maybe that's why you got no friends. I didn't mean to start preaching already. But there is a friend. I I didn't hear nothing on that, but there is a friend. That's a preacher's term. But there is a friend that sticks closer than a brother. Sticks closer than a... You need some sticky friends. Come on now. So a man who has friends must himself be friendly. But there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. Now, the past two weeks, we talked about what is a Christian. One week we talked about stop trying, just be one. And the other week we talked about love God and love others. And I was going to continue on that, but I decided that we needed to go to something different for a while and something that had been stirring around in me about friends. So uh, we're going to start a new series tonight called My BFF. My BFF, as you can see, we have a PowerPoint presentation and everything. My BFF. And this is going to be a sermon series on friends and friendship. So, like I said, the title of my message in the series we're going to be starting is called My BFF. How many of you have a BFF? Raise your hands. How many your BFF is near you in the sanctuary? How many... Your BFF is right next to you. Hopefully the other person raises their hand too. Um, <laughs> well, that's going to be awkward. But how many know everybody wants a BFF? Can I get an amen? Uh, I heard recently that some of y'all have been making friendship bracelets because you're all into the BFF. If you got friendship bracelets, go, go ahead and raise them up if you got a friendship bracelet. What, what happened to you, Smoiky? They got itchy. He's not a friend who sticks closer than a brother. You need a sticky friend, not an itchy friend. That will preach. I'm not going to look around, but you don't, you don't have to show me if you do, but how many of you have half of the heart necklace and your other BFF has the other half of the heart necklace? I don't know if anybody's in here. Kenzie, you probably got one of those. I, I thought you did. Or you got a poster in your room. You know, I was thinking about Kenzie, too, for some reason earlier today about this, like, a Photoshop picture of you and Justin Bieber. Uh, it says BFF together, and there's a little heart symbol 
You got that? Okay, I knew I, I had a feeling you had that in your room. Mmm. Put a ring on it. Goodness. But everybody likes a BFF. Everybody wants a BFF. And if you guys don't live in 2012, a BFF means best friends forever. Which most of the time, people so-called have best friends forever are liars. Because their relationship is not based on anything solid or anything that's going to last. So when... uh, they say something their friend doesn't like or when somebody picks on them or they steal their boyfriend or something else happens, they are no longer best friends forever. They are enemies forever. So a BFF is a best friend forever. And really when we're going to start out this series about my BFF, about friends, what we want to talk about here is not just how to make friends, make the right friends, let me say that, Make the right friends, because some of you don't have a problem making friends, but you have a problem making the right friends, and that is your issue. So, not just making right friends, but keeping the right friends. Some of you ruin all the right friends that God puts into your life because they talk to you straight, and you want to keep people around you who kiss your butt all the time and will tell you anything you want. I didn't mean to get up in your business already, but I'm a priest, don't kiss me again in a couple weeks. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. Don't kiss me. So, you need some friends that you can keep, and you need to make some right friends. Now, I want to talk about this. We're going to talk a lot about in the next few weeks about what to look for in a friend. But how about we flip the script, and you be this kind of friend to somebody. Instead of you looking for somebody else to fulfill this friendship need, how about you be this kind of good friend to somebody else? Then there won't be an issue you looking for friends if you just worry about being a good friend. Kind of like dad says, people like to say somebody's anointed to help me, but actually you're anointed to help somebody also. Okay, people are anointed to be your friend, but you're anointed to be a good friend also. So let's not just look, I need these friends in my life. No, you need to be this good friend. So let me read Proverbs 12 again. You guys get anything so far? It says, the righteous should choose his friends carefully. Notice that, the righteous should choose his friends carefully. Now let's look over at Proverbs 18.1. We're going to park there. Yeah, that's me and Sue Scripture right there, Proverbs 18.1. How many of you have a problem looking in mirrors all the time. Go ahead, girls, raise your hand. Because some of you do. Some of you guys have issues. Okay, nobody, everybody wants to lie tonight. Then go ahead. Brucey? No, we're talking about an excessive amount of staring at yourself in the mirror to always make sure everything's perfect. No. You guys, grow up. Come on now. It's not that hard of a question. See, Dunky, we'll be honest and admit it. That some people overly look at themselves all the time to make sure they look right. Not every once in a while. Everybody looks in the mirror. Mirror, mirror on the wall. But I got a couple stories. You like stories? Okay, one, one's dedicated to you. We're going to share it in a second. But before that, um, 
I have a story about a mirror. You know those, uh, sometimes buildings have that glass that looks like a mirror, but actually you can see behind it, whoever's behind it. Um, the first time I was in Seattle, Washington, out at the city church, going to Generation Conference to see Pastor Judah Smith, we walk up to the front of the church, and the front of the church has that kind of glass that looks like a mirror. So you don't realize there's actually people behind that that are on staff. And so me, Biff, and Beanie walk up. Okay, three ain't rights. Walk up together to Generation Church. And, of course, that's the first time we went to Seattle. And we didn't dress anything like this. And you could really tell once we walked into Seattle that we were from the Midwest. It was special. We were like, we look like some country bumpkins. We just came from the farmlands of America out here. Because the Seattle people, you know, Seattle's next level. They know how to dress. It's like New York. They're very fashion forward. So we go up, and we probably are staring in this thing, looking at ourselves for like 15, 20 minutes. And we don't realize, first of all, we have bad self-esteem in general because we look like Midwest punks compared to these hipsters out there in Seattle. But we don't realize that, like, all their staff is, like, on ta- in tables waiting for us to come in. Then they open the door, and we're like, wow, we've been totally making all kinds of weird faces <laughs> and weird motions into that mirror for the past 30 minutes. I didn't realize there was somebody behind that. And my favorite is catching somebody looking at themselves in the mirror. And that's the reason I brought up Brucey, because Bruce seems like he's always a person catching me looking at myself in the mirror at church. Okay, don't act like you don't do that. You're making all kinds of faces and model poses and everything in front of the mirror, and then somebody from church walks in, and you don't realize they're in there right then, or you, you don't realize you're making a, a thing with your face when you walk in. And so Brucey always walks in when I don't think I'm making any kind of face. I feel like I'm just adjusting my tie, but he's he always gives me a hard time because he says every time he walks in, he's always the one to catch me looking at myself in the mirror to try to straighten things up. And he always, he, he always says, I flare my nostrils when I look in the mirror. Brucey, okay, why don't you stand up and show everybody what you think I do when I look in the mirror. <laughs> hey, we're just, we're just giving the people what they want. They want nostril flares. Nostril flares help the look. So... I don't know why you girls act like that you've never seen a mirror because some of you probably got mirrors in your purse right now. And and it's not a, and you guys acting like it's not even a big deal. But if a guy came in with a mirror checking himself out, sitting in the chair, you say he's got some issues. But the thing is, why do we look in mirrors? Because mirrors show us who we are. Shows us what we look like. But there's one thing more important than a mirror to show you what you look like, and it's your friends. Y'all went home on me. I don't need for you to look in a mirror to see what you look like. I can look at your friends instead. I don't need to catch you looking at yourself. Your friends tell me a lot about you, whether you know it or not. How many know your friends tell me and tell everybody else who you are and what you are becoming? That's what it tells me. When I see your friends around you, it tells me who you are and what you are becoming in your future. Because how many know an old-time preacher said, if you show me your friends, I'll show you your future. And that's not just preacher talk. That's real talk. Because that is the truth. So, you know, some of you, I find it funny because you say that you're one way, but I see your friends, and that tells me that you're really not that way. 
You tell me you value certain things, but your friends don't value that, so you really don't value that. Whatever your friends value is what you value. Whatever your friends laugh at is what you laugh at. Whatever your friends dress like, that's the way you dress. So when I see your friends, I don't need a mirror. I have your friends to look look at to see who you are and what you're becoming. You guys get anything so far? You know, in Proverbs 18.1, it says, A man who isolates himself seeks his own desires, and notice he rages against all wise judgment. And I wanted to say this before we get started is, in Proverbs, and then we also know in the book of Genesis, it says it's not good for a man to be alone. And that's not just talking about him and a husband and wife. It's talking about him and having friends and friendship. It's not good for you to be alone. Listen to me. Don't be loners. Don't isolate yourself. It's not good. It's not wise. And God has intended that you have good people around you, good friends, and good fellowship. And it's important. It's so vital. I don't know how to stress it enough to you that you have good friends around you because it's not good that you're alone. And God knows that. He don't want you to be a loner. He don't want you to have no friends. He wants you to have good fellowship and good friends. And notice it says, a man who isolates himself is not wise but seeks his own desire. You got to realize this, the older you get, the more you value, value right friends. Some of you don't get it yet. You will just take any friend who comes in your path, who looks like a nice person, who tells you you're pretty, who tells you you're awesome, who laughs at your jokes. For the sake of just having a friend, you will take them. But the older you get, the more you will value right friends and not just let anybody in your personal life. Now, I'm not, now what I'm about to say is, the rest of the night is not an anti-evangelism message. It's not an anti-let's-be-mean-to-people. No, it's called having the right friends around you. But you got to love some people from a distance. And then you got to know who to have right in your life, speaking into your life. And how many know the older you get, you will value loyal, faithful friends. The sooner you get that, the better your life will be. Okay. In middle school and high school, let me talk, real talk, and even college, I'll say that too. A lot of the people you cry about that don't like you anymore, you don't talk to them anymore. A lot of the people you were depressed about for weeks and weeks and weeks in high school that are not your friend anymore, you could care less when you're my age about that person because you never talk to that person. You will never see that person ever again. So, so the sooner you get good friends, Friends that are going to value you and be faithful, the better. And how many know, the place to find that is not at the club. The place to find that is not at the mall. Hello, the place to find that is not even necessarily at school. The place to find real valuable friends that are going to last the distance is in the house of God. Is in the house of God. Let me say that the local church, the hope of the world, that's where friends that are going to last are going to be found. You never need to forget that. I remember my mom and dad would always say that. I don't care if you have friends out in the community. You have friends in our neighborhood. You have friends that go to school with you. That's awesome. I went to a Christian school. They said, I don't care that you have friends, but your best friends are going to be at Church on the Rock. There's no question about it. Your best friends are going to be here. So don't you be buddying up with somebody who doesn't believe like you at your Christian school and acting like they're your BFF because... The people that are going to last with you are going to be at Church on the Rock. Remember who's your real best friend. Real talk. 
even fellow believers in Christ, people that are in your own company is what's going to last. The sooner you get that, the better your life will be. You know, something about Jesus. Oh, she's testifying back there. Something about Jesus is, this is an argument that you'll see from people that are not right and want to make excuses for having ain't right people in their life, is, you know, Jesus was love personified, and Jesus would never exclude anybody from hanging out with them. Jesus loved everyone, didn't he? Yes, he did, but he didn't let everybody in his personal space. And I'll prove that to you. Jesus, which was God in the flesh, the son of the living God, had to choose his friends wisely. So why do you think that you can just choose your friends half-heartedly and it work out for you? If the Son of God had to hang out with the right people to finish his ministry and what God had called him to do, how much more you would need to choose the right friends? Jesus didn't just hang out with everybody. He loved everybody, but everybody didn't have access into his life equally. Realize this. You can write this down. Equal love doesn't mean equal access. Equal love doesn't mean equal access. Jesus loved everyone equally. He didn't love anybody more than others, but there were certain people he gave more access because they were right and they understood him into his life. And people that really didn't understand him, he loved them, but from a distance. So realize that people will say, you know, if you, if you just love everybody, then everybody should be your best friend. No, you can love some people from a distance. Everybody deserves access into your space. And that's not being mean. Notice what that's being? Wise. Using wisdom. And people that are not right in your life will say that you're being mean, but you could say, I'm being wise. And you could quote, now I'm not going to quote the verse, but we're going to get to it later. A friend of fools will be destroyed. (laughs) We're going to read that later. But notice this, Jesus, he's our example, and he had right friends. He loved everyone equal, but he didn't give everyone equal access into his life. Notice, Jesus had the multitudes, he had the 70, he had the 12 disciples, but even in the 12 disciples, he didn't hang out with those the same as other ones. He had the 12, and notice he had the three. There was three of the disciples that were closer to Jesus than the rest. Jesus loved them all equally, but certain of the disciples qualified for more fellowship with Jesus. That's the same thing with you. There needs to be people that qualify to fellowship with you on that level. If you go speak up into my life, you're going to need to qualify. If I'm going to be your BFF and going to do life with you, you're going to need to qualify. This is not just whoever I can get. I'll just take. That's You're on the road to destruction with that kind of attitude. I'll just take anybody. But notice, Jesus had the 12, he had the three, but then he had the one. Jesus hung out with, we know, all the disciples, but he hung out with Peter, James, and John. But John was his BFF. Do you know that? And a lot of the rest of the disciples were jealous of John. But notice, they didn't qualify like John qualified. That's why Jesus hung out with John more than the rest of the disciples. And so we realize 
God has no favorites. Jesus has no favorites. He loves everyone equally, but everyone doesn't get equal access. That's the same thing with your life, young people. You can love everyone equally, but don't let everybody have equal access. So notice, even Jesus had a BFF, which was John, and and he was called the disciple who Jesus loved. And it's not because he... loved John anymore, but John understood him and qualified to have a level of fellowship above the rest of the disciples. Let's look over at Proverbs 13. You guys getting something this evening? I'm having a good time talking to you about it. And tonight, and probably in the next few weeks, a lot of the scriptures we're going to read is from the book of Proverbs, which Proverbs was written by Solomon which at the time was the wisest man on earth. Now, Proverbs is known as the book of wisdom. And so how much, uh, of, I mean, how many people think that we should go to the wisest man on earth to get information about who is right friends and who is wrong friends? Now, something about Solomon is Solomon always didn't follow his own advice, but at least God shared it with him. We know later on in his life he always didn't follow the same things he put into print in Proverbs. But, nevertheless, Proverbs is still inspired by God, and it's written by the wisest man on earth, so we should take notice about wisdom when it comes to friendship. So that's why a lot of the stuff we're going to read is from Proverbs. And we see from Ecclesiastes that he didn't take a lot of his own advice, so it didn't turn out too well for him at the end. But the thing that we're specifically speaking of is the closest people to you in your life that are speaking into your life that you're doing life with, that is who your BFFs are. And that's who we're talking about specifically. I'm not talking about perimeter friends. I'm not talking about the lost you're trying to reach. I'm talking about the closest people to your life that are speaking into your life that you're doing life with. That's your BFF. And really one translation is a friend, uh, I'm not for sure which verse it was, but it says a friend to everyone is really a friend to no one. Why? Because you can't be everybody's friend. As much as we all want to be everybody's friend and everybody's BFF, you cannot humanly be everyone's BFF. You don't have enough time to. So you are going to have to choose who you're going to spend your life with. You're going to have to choose who you're going to do life with because you can't be everybody's best friend. And you can't do life with everyone, but you can do life with some people, and you better choose the right people. We realized David and Jonathan, they had a friendship like that. They were BFFs, and that was some right friends. Job had some friends, but he chose wrong friends. He had three friends that told him to curse God and die, and his wife wasn't helping either. So, the friends that you choose will determine your destiny. Y'all, y'all went home already. The friends you choose will determine your destiny. Proverbs thirteen, twenty. Notice this: He who walks with wise men will be wise, but the companion of fools will be destroyed. He who walks with wise men will be wise but the companion of fools will be destroyed. Realize this. It wouldn't hurt some of you to have older friends. Don't be prejudiced. 
of older people, some of them you need because they got wisdom. And notice it says, when you hang out with wise people, you will become wise. Some of you would pass up going to eat with a Dr. Dufresne and Pastor Jacobs to hang out with your friends. You are not wise. Because when you hang out with wisdom, you get wisdom. But when you hang out with some low-life fools, you get what they get. And some of the people you guys hang out with on a regular basis and to make excuses of, well, they're just funny, you know, I just like being around them, are fools. And you will get what they get. Notice in the message, this is what it says. Become wise by walking with the wise. Become wise by walking with the wise. Notice this. Hang out with fools and watch your life fall into pieces. Are you here? Hang out with fools and your life will fall into pieces. This is not just filler talk. This is God's word speaking to you. He says, hang out with wise people and you will become wise. Hang out with fools and you will watch your life fall into pieces. I've seen it time after time. People start hanging out with people that are foolish and know nothing. And they make excuses. Well, they're just funny. You know, they need some people to hang out with. So I'm just going to, you know, I'm going to just flirt to convert. And I'm going to just hang out with them because they need a friend. They, they need a friend. You know, I realize that's what Bruce does at UPS. But as long as we're winning converts to the kingdom, so be it. You got to do what you got to do. You got to be all things to all men or women. E- either one. I'll get off that. But notice they'll make excuses while they hang out with fools. And let me say this. How do you know if somebody's a fool? How do you know if somebody's a fool? Okay. Follow their fruit. Judge their fruit. And this is what I said earlier. When you start doing this, people that are not right will get mad and say, you're just being mean. You're judgmental. What's your problem, dude? You think you're better than me? No, I think I'm using wisdom, which you are not. So, it's wise. It's not mean. It's wise to follow or to look at somebody's fruit and judge their fruit, whether you want that or not in your life. So how do you know if somebody's a fool or not? Well, look at the fruit of their life. Where are they going? Do they have vision? Do they have a job? Do they have any good relationships? Do they have a good family life? Are they faithful to the local church? Do they tithe? Do they give any money to anybody? Are they stingy? Are they disrespectful to authority? Do they have a bad mouth on them? Do they always talk about nasty things? Hello, somebody. Do they flunk out of every class they take? Do they take a bath or a shower every once in a while? That will preach. You got to follow or you got to look at their fruit and judge their fruit. And like I said, that is not being mean. That's using wisdom. Just like Jesus, he wasn't being mean to anyone. He was just using wisdom on who he spent the majority of his time with. Notice, equal love doesn't mean equal access. You got to realize this. You can be young and full of wisdom. You don't have to be old and gray headed to be wise. 
and realize the further you go in wisdom, the further your life will be along and you will surpass your parents, your grandparents, all these people that took them years and years to get wise and you can be wise when you're young and make right decisions when you're young and you will be so much further than they were. It's never too young to be full of wisdom. Realize this, the people, think about this, the people that are closest to you in your life, that are speaking into your life, are planting seeds in your life. They're planting seeds in your life. So, that's why I said you should judge their fruit before you have them in your life. Why? Because if you don't like their fruit, if they're planting seeds in your life, you're going to have what they have. You're going to reap what they're reaping. So think about this. Think of your your top five or ten closest people to you. Do you want the fruit that they have in their life? Do you care that they're planting seeds into your future? Because they are, whether you know it or not. And you're going to reap what they're reaping, whether it's good or bad. So look at their fruit before you allow people to plant into your garden. Look at the fruit in their life using wisdom to say, is that a seed I want planted in my life that's going to grow up and bear fruit? You got quiet on me for a second. I don't know if you're listening. Do you want the fruit that they have in their life? Why? Because the word says you're going to reap what they have reaped. If you let them in your life, if you let them sow into you, that seed that they planted will grow up and will bear fruit, whether good or bad. So think about that. Think of your top five and five to ten friends. Are you okay with that? Some of you are saying, ah, I'm pretty good. But some of you, maybe there's two or three out of that top ten that need some trimming. Need to uproot some plants in the garden. Hello, somebody. Proverbs twelve twenty six. You're a blessing. You're a blessing. No, you're a blessing. I saw somebody put back there that Bruce needs to get in the pulpit more often. It looked a lot like your handwriting. <laughs> well, Proverbs twelve twenty six. Notice it says, The righteous should choose his friends carefully. Who's righteous in here? Y'all don't know you're righteous. If you've accepted Jesus, you are righteous. So the righteous should choose his friends carefully. For the way of the wicked leads them astray. Notice, the righteous choose his friends carefully. You should write this down. If you don't choose your friends, they will be chosen for you. If you don't choose your friends, if you're not intentional about choosing who's in your life, people are going to come in there whether you like it or not, and they will be chosen for you. You will get the leftovers of life and I'll say, you take these friends. These, these are all we got left. Just go for it. If you don't choose your friends, they will be chosen for you. That's why the word says, choose your friends carefully, righteous people, which you are. And notice, if a righteous person is going to choose his friends carefully, they're going to choose somebody who's pursuing righteousness with them. 
that's why it's important to choose carefully. Now, I'm going to say a thing. I'm going to get between some of y'all and your makeup and your business. All up in your armpit, some of you young men. And that's nasty. That's a nasty place to be. But the word will go anywhere. The word will work anywhere. In your armpit and everywhere. Some of you choose friends based on musical styles. You like the same music style. That's a wrong way to choose friends. Now, I will say this. Let me add this. If they like Nickelback, you run for them as soon as you can. Okay? If they like Nickelback, I don't care how righteous they are, you run for your life. Okay? That's the only group I'm going to say. But, yeah, don't turn back like Lot's wife. Don't turn back. But some of you choose your friend based off musical styles. That's a wrong way to choose friends. Some of you base your friends based on your your like of sports and your, your teams that you like. That's wrong also. Okay? I didn't say we couldn't have some fun with that, but for you to just like people that like the same things you like, that's wrong. Some of you like people that are the same race as you. Some of you like people that are the same race as you, and you don't want to get out of your racial barriers. You are wrong. You are absolutely wrong. If you're making your friendship decisions based on that, And realize this. What'd you say, Suki? Because mm, you're right. You're right. You're right over there. See, he ain't basing his relationships on race. But realize the most important thing, which it says the righteous should choose his friends carefully, is choose people that are pursuing righteousness or people that are going the same way that you're going and pursuing God. That's who you should choose. Not based on, oh, you dress this way and I dress this way. Let's be best friends. Or you like this music and I like this music. Let's be best friends. No, you're the same race and I'm the same race. No, that is the wrong way to choose friends. The right way is to choose people who are pursuing righteousness and following after God and living for God with all their heart. That's the friends. Doesn't matter about their color. Doesn't matter about what style of music they like or the way they dress. I have friends that dress every way. I have friends that are every race. I have friends that like different kind of music. And I'll say it's lame, but I'll still like them as a friend. Notice, but what is important is that we're connected by the Spirit. It's a spiritual connection. It's not just a natural connection. Why why is it important to do that? Because... The people you just connect naturally with, BFFs, are usually the ones that don't last. Because people's likes and interests change. So if that's what you're basing your friendship on, that's going to change. But a spiritual connection is going to stay the same and last forever. Let's look over at Galatians 5 and verse 7. Y'all get some help tonight. I'm having fun. I don't know about you. You having fun? Galatians 5 and verse 7. Say see. All right. I'm going to give you a Pastor Nancy quote because some of y'all need to get your just face roasted off by this quote. You all ready for it? Talking about choosing your friends carefully. When God wants to bless you, Hoss, he will send someone. But when the devil, you 
missed it. He, he got it. They missed it. But when the devil. One more again. Everybody. When the devil. When the devil. Say, shut up, devil. When the devil wants to curse your life and mess it up, he will send somebody. Are you hearing what this Pentecostal preacher is saying this evening? She said, when God wants to bless you, he will send somebody. But when the devil wants to curse you or mess up your life, he will send somebody. Notice, that's how important friendships are. And that's a lot of the times why people don't see it. Because it doesn't come with a person who's got horns and breathing fire and has an Antichrist t-shirt on. No, it's somebody that comes into the life and is sweet and is loving and is disguised but is there to mess up your life. And sometimes the person doesn't even know that's what they're there to do. They're just being influenced by the enemy. So that's how important friends are. When God wants to bless you, he will send somebody. But when the enemy wants to mess your life up, he will send somebody. That's why the Word of God says, do not be ignorant of Satan's devices. Some of you guys are ignorant of his devices because sometimes a friend shows up in your life and you start showing up to church on a regular basis. A friend shows up in your life and you start changing the way you talk. A friend shows up in your life and now you've got a different CD in your car than you used to have Hillsong. A friend shows up in your life and you start changing the jokes that you think are funny. A friend shows up in your... Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to have to read this verse. Galatians 5 and verse 7. It says, you ran well, who hindered you from obeying the truth? Notice that. You ran well, who? Everybody say who? Everybody say who? Who, who? Who's yours? Are you? All right. But notice that in Galatians, the Apostle Paul speaking to a church, a group of churches here. Notice in verse 7, this church was running well, was running hard after God, was pursuing God. And notice it said, you ran well, because he, he, he knew this before Pastor Nancy knew this. That friendships are important, that people in your life are important. And notice he says, you ran well, who hindered you? Not, it was just the devil that hindered you. No, who is the wise guy that got up in your life and changed you? Who is that girl that got up in your business and started and messed up your relationship with God? Who is that person? There's always a who. There's always a who. I can see it. I've seen it all 25 years of my life. When people stop coming to church, when people start backsliding, when people start going the wrong direction, it's not just the devil, it's a who. It's a group of friends that are hanging around. It might not be a group. It might just be one person. There's always a who that is dragging that person in their direction. And notice there's a who that will hinder you from running well. Now, there's also a who that will help you run. And we're going to talk about that on a different time. But there is a who that's going to hinder you. So let's think about that in your life. You could think every time in your life when you started taking steps back, there was usually a who in your life. It wasn't just you were just backsliding by yourself. No, there was some sort of influence whether you realized it or not. You know, every time that people tell stories about people that end up in prison 
They end up doing certain things that are wrong, stealing, drug addiction, all the above. How does the story always start out? Man, they were a good kid. They were awesome. They were good. But they started hanging out with every time. Same story, different day, isn't it? The story is the same. Generations change, but the story remains the same. Man, she was such a good girl. And she had she had a lot of goals and ahead of her. You know, she was a pretty girl. She was nice. She had good grades, but she started hanging out with every time. Why? Because there's always a who. Isn't that true? Every every sad story goes like that. Well, they started hanging out with so-and-so. And then they got hooked up with the wrong crowd. Why? Because your friends will show me your future. Your friends will show me your future. Your friends will determine your destiny. You know, the people that argue with this message are the people that got wrong friends. And I'm trying to help y'all. You're trying to argue with the word. Because I don't want to have the same story about you. Man, they, they were plugged in. They were solid. They had their head screwed on straight, straight. They were going the right direction. They were making good grades. They were awesome. They looked good. They dressed good. They were honorable like Chalesi. But then they started hanging out with some people from Starlight. Wow. Isn't that right? No. <laughs> but Proverbs 27 and verse 17. You there? It says, as iron sharpens iron, so a man sharpens the countenance of his friend. Notice that as iron sharpens iron, so a man sharpens the countenance of his friend. Ask yourself this. When you get around your so-called friends, do you feel sharpened or do you feel more dull after leaving them? Because there's some of your friends that you leave feeling dull and less spiritual before uh, you went and hung out with them. <laughs> There's some of you in the in this room. Then when you go hang out with each other, you feel more dull than when you, when you went into the relationship. But it says, iron sharpens iron. That means like faith. People of the like faith going the same direction will sharpen one another. Not people going two different directions. But notice that. What kind of friends do you have? Do they sharpen you or do they make you more dull? Because some of you, I can tell who you've been hanging out with certain weeks by the way you respond. Because you coming up into church all dull and tired and bored acting and depressed looking. You've been hanging around some people that made you dull all week. But then I can tell the other people that have been hanging around some right people and they've been sharpened all week. So they're responding, they're excited, they're encouraged. Who are those people in your life? Stop hanging out with people that make you dull. Hang around with people that are going to sharpen you. And how about let me flip it on you. Are you that person? Because some of you aren't. Some of you aren't. Some of you, after hanging out with you, you need to pray in tongues for 30 minutes just to get yourself back up to where you need to be. Because you don't sharpen people, you dull people. Hello? Y'all here? Are you that person that when people get around you, they're encouraged? 
They're uplifted. They don't come away feeling depressed and down and discouraged and like my life is over. No, when, when people hang out with you, they're, they're uh, excited about the things of God. They're pumped up about the things of God. They're encouraged. They have hope for their future. You give people strength when they see you. They, they, they don't, this doesn't come on you when you hang out with certain people. Because there used to be certain people I hang around with. I mean, I would feel depressed leaving them. I would feel down. Just how dull they were. Don't be that kind of person. I know some of you saying amen. You might be the people. Some of you quiet ones might be the other people. I don't know. But not just who are you looking for to be that kind of friend, but are you that type of friend? Let's look at Proverbs 18. Y'all here still. Proverbs 18. Y'all getting something this evening? All right. I mean, this is a rowdy bunch right here. I don't know if I've ever had this lineup on the front row before. You look so sweet and so non-mischievous, but I really know you are with that mustache. <laughs> well, you're getting it started right. Proverbs 18.24. You, you ran well. Who hindered you? A man who has friends must himself be friendly. But there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. Notice that a man who has friends must show himself friendly. Here's just a practical lesson on friendships. If you say, I don't have any friends at church, are you pursuing any friends at church? Are you nice to anybody at church? Do you speak to anyone at church? Okay, when somebody talks to you, just don't give yes and no answers. Act interested. Why? Because a person who has friends must show himself friendly. Not like, hey, get away from me. I don't want any friends. Leave me alone in my depressed state. No, you need to have somebody in your life and more than, more than one person, and you're going to have to sh- show yourself friendly if you want friends. So that's the first question. Before you start blaming everybody else, say, this church just ain't friendly. There's nobody friendly around here. Then why don't you be friendly to somebody else? Or just at least show yourself available to have friends. Like, hey, you can come talk to me. I'm not going to be mean to you or bite your head off if you come talk to me. Because there's some people that have come to our church and they complain about not having friends, but they act almost mad that you can't and talk to them. Okay. And we've had other here, here before, some people come to Corey, and you try to talk to them and you get no. Yes. No. So you like uh, sports? No. Uh, you go to school? No. Uh, you got a job? Yeah. Um, do you even like us? Not really. Um, don't be one of those people because they've come here before, and they're the same people that say, you know, Church on Rock people just are not friendly. Maybe you need to be friendly. We're wrapping this up. We're landing the plane. But there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. This is one of the the last things I want to talk about with friendship is you need to be a sticky friend. Write that down. Y'all ain't going to remember it. Y'all need to be a sticky friend. Not a sooky friend, but a sooky friend would help, but a sticky friend. 
Yeah, you need a silky friend too. Notice this. I'll tell you some characteristics of a sticky friend. Notice it says, but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. Notice this. This is the kind of friend you need, and this is the kind of friend you need to be. Is when you need this person, they are always there. And it doesn't matter if the relationship's one-sided on your part. They will make it up on their part. This is the kind of person you need when you say something crazy to them. Like, I'm going to leave the church. I'm going to stop serving God. Hey, I'm going to go with you. Because you ain't going nowhere. I'm going to follow you to your house, and I will drive you back to church on the rock. I will get you out of bed on Sunday morning and take you. I will not stop calling you. You go to clubs, I'm going to come drag you out of the clubs. You want to smoke weed, I will come grab that weed out of your, your hand, and I will go throw it away. You want to listen to junk in your car? I will get your CDs and I will throw them away for you. That's a good friend you need. They will take your DVD out of your DVD player and throw it away. That's a good friend. And some of you say, I don't want a friend like that. Well, you don't want to be right then. Because some of you don't have those people in your life and that's scary. You need a friend that's going to be able to do that and you're not going to get offended about it. Why? Because they really love you. The person that's always patting you on the back and telling you that everything you're doing is right and that when you, you're getting in sin that it's all good, they're not your real friends. But the friend that's going to say, you are not right. You need to start showing up to church. Your devotional life is lacking. Why are you talking like that? Get this city out of here. I don't want to listen to this junk. That's a sticky friend. And notice, it, they stick to you and it says... They stick to you closer than a brother. That means they're, they're just as close or closer to you than your own family, your own blood family. And notice, even when you're not friendly, you can't get rid of them. You need friends like that. Even when you're not nice and you're not friendly, they're not going to leave you. Even when you're grumpy, they will put up with it and say, I love you, I'm here for life, you cannot get rid of me. Because this is for life, and I'm a friend that sticks closer than a brother. This is a covenant thing, and I'm not going to leave you. And even when you're not friendly, you can't get rid of them. A friend that sticks closer than a brother. And notice this, there's somebody who's going to come to your house, get in your business if you need it. They're not going to just, if you just stop showing up or they stop hearing from you, they're like, well, they just made their own decision, you know, just let them go. No, that's not a real friend. You better chase them down with everything you got in you if you're a real friend. You better call, text, and if they don't answer, show up at their house. I've done it several times. If they don't answer the door, beat that door till they answer the door. If they don't answer the door, bust their window open and go in their house. Do what you got to do. Why? Because that's a real friend. You got to realize this. There's some people and some people in this room that are closer to me than my biological family, my blood family. They sit closer to me than a brother or a sister. And you need to have those people. Because sometimes your own family are not those people to you. <laughs> Hello, somebody. 
Sometimes your own natural family are not these kind of friends to you. And, you know, it's, it's not always pleasant. It's all not always nice that your family is not that way to you. But don't cry over it the rest of your life when other people here are wanting to be those kind of friends for you. Love your family the best they can, but some of these people in your family do not understand what the Word of God says about being a good friend. So realize there's going to be people in here that are closer than your own family. That's why it says there there is a friend that sticks closer than a brother. Let's look at Proverbs 17, 17, last verse. Proverbs 17, 17. Notice this, a friend loves at all times and a brother is born for adversity. Notice that a true friend loves at all times, whether you're nice or not. Whether you're grumpy or not, whether you're wanting to serve God or not, a friend will love you at all times. And notice, a brother is born for adversity. What that pretty much means is they are in it for life no matter what happens or what circumstance comes. Whether you're going through a trial, a temptation, adversity, whatever, they ain't going to leave you. That's what kind of friends you need. And notice, that's the kind of friend you need to be to somebody. That's a true friend. And that's a sticky friend. Would you guys get anything tonight? Come on. Well, that is just the first of, I don't know how many messages I want to preach on BFF, but as one of many. So you guys got something this evening? My BFF. So I know definitely we got another one coming up. And I might bust out, don't kiss me again. I got, I got to say that again. And then I was looking at, at, some, at some notes from a message I preached about Jonathan David called Knit Together. Y'all remember that? Knit Together. So I might, I might do some throwback Thursdays and do a don't kiss me and then do a, a knit together. But, Well, guys, <laughs> you guys stink. No, I'm joking. <laughs> So we're not going to just look for these kind of friends, but we're going to actually be these friends. And all the people that didn't show up tonight, we're going to put this into practice already. You go call, you go text. We're going to show up at your house because we go find you. Isn't that right? We go find you. We're going to put it into practice. Well, a reminder about next week. Next week. How early is the earliest that most of you can get here? Because we're trying to. Okay. Seven is going to be dark. I'm thinking five something. What? 245, okay. I'm thinking more around 5 because most people don't get out of work to 5. And for the people that got jobs. Real jobs. <laughs> hey, Sookie, he said it. He said it. Oh, well, <laughs> yeah. You about to go see your real friends in a couple couple hours here at UPS. That's your real friends. I'm just thinking, I definitely want to, I definitely, the bonfires are definite, the... Chili's a definite. I definitely want to do pumpkin bowling. But 
we got to do we got to do it early if we're going to play football because it gets dark early. So how passionate are you about football, people? Okay, raise your hands if you're super passionate about playing a turkey bowl next week. Tur- that's what it's called, turkey bowl. It means a scrimmage football for fun football game. Okay. <sighs> turkey bowl, golly. Is it, that's a lot of hands. Okay, remember we said it's two-hand touch before the people who really want to tackle, you can tackle. But, guys, you cannot tackle girls. And girls, you can't tackle guys. What? Do you guys want to get hurt? That is the question. Girls, do you want to get hurt? You don't want to, or you do. Sue, you go hurt somebody. You hurt me several times playing tackle football. I don't want to play tackle football. I want to play two-hand touch because I don't want my hearing knocked out like last time you hit me playing football. For like a whole week, I couldn't hear out of my ear. All right. He said he'll play if weeds will stay far away from him at all times. Okay, 530. Is that too early for everybody next week? 530? Okay, that means... 5.30, so we can play the football game first, and then we'll do some food, then we'll do some bonfire and hang out and whatever afterwards. Everybody can pull 5.30, and we're going to play first. Is 5.30 sharp? I thought you were going to say, is that 5.30 Pacific time or <laughs> Eastern Standard, or is that Mountain time or what? No, 5.30 sharp. We're going to start. Now, if you're serious about this, I'm going to get two captains, and we're going to pick right now. Yeah, it's on. And we're going to choose our team colors so we can dress to impress next week. Because if we're going to do this, we're going to go all out. 